0: Hello everyone. This is an update on the Daniel Kinnahan podcast, the free of our world exclusive with one of the most powerful men in boxing. That was due to be released on St. Paddy's Day. I'm sad to inform has now been pulled. It's a blatant
1: attack on my freedom of speech and Daniel's. I'm hopeful that we can get this interview out in the future, but right now it's out of my hands and into the royal hands.
0: I'm Nicola Tallant, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs, and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Mob boss Daniel Kinahan's much anticipated interview due out this week has been shelved due to legal issues behind the scenes at the Anything Goes podcast with James English. While the nature of the legal problems are unknown, Kinahan has already been hit with new court proceedings after he was named in a proceeds of crime case against shamed businessman Jim Mansfield Jr. For years Mansfield and his late father Jim Mansfield Sr. denied rumours that they were linked to criminality but Junior is now locked up in Leash after he was found guilty of perverting the course of justice and has now been linked to the most powerful man in Irish criminality. Today, I'm talking with Sunday World Deputy Editor Niall Donald about the court proceedings linking Ireland's one-time richest son and heir to the head of the Kinnahan Organised Crime Group. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. I'm kind of half disappointed with the news that the interview isn't going ahead. Um, an announcement there just before you come in.
1: Yeah, um, James English, the uh, the podcaster behind the Anything Goes podcast, has he obviously had been uh, putting up um, advanced publicity for his big interview with Daniel Kinnaghan, which was going to be three and a half hours long, which is a phenomenal length, I uh, have to say. Um, but he's just put up an announcement that it's been pulled for legal reasons, um, not saying what those legal reasons are, but... You know, you have to presume that somebody has, has made contact and said, you can't say that about me.
0: So that clearly has to do with what has already been broadcast on the promo clip and only that, because nobody can know what's in the three and a half hours. Um, look, three and a half hours is an incredibly long interview, and you can imagine everything we do is legaled, and everything you, you do when you publish or broadcast has to be legaled, because there's very strict laws there regarding privacy, defamation. I know the UK is slightly different to here, but nonetheless, we have to just consider that whatever was in that promotional clip, that somebody has made a a complaint. And as James English says, today, it's now with the lawyers.
1: No, and I mean, James English is obviously very successful at what he does, you know, talented person, but he's had a lot of people on, um, reformed uh, gangster types, I suppose, over the years. But a lot of them are, are coming on saying, describing their life their life of crime, saying, I did this, I did that, and really talking about themselves and what they did. Um, and therefore, you know, you don't run into too many problems because this is the person themselves, you know, they're, totally they're, they're like they did, describing yeah. their own criminality. Um, but the Daniel Kinahan interview seems to be a totally different thing, which is uh, a basically gangster says I'm not a gangster mm, type of interview. Mm. And that and he you know from what the clips we've seen he's he's gonna say other people are doing this to me and that i'm i while he says i'm no angel in the clip he does he, you know he's basically saying he's a victim of of uh an overarching conspiracy and therefore there's there's it's not somebody telling their personal story simply it's somebody also saying other people have have misrepresented me um so that's that's it it's uh we, it'll, it's it'll, put on hold. it'll put be put on hold, but it'll see the light of day.
0: Yeah, once the lawyers get around what needs to be, or you know, I'm sure one side will say something needs to be removed, the other won't, yeah. and these things t- can get bogged down. But I imagine Daniel Kinahan wants that interview out, and you know there'll be.
1: Yeah, it'll be it'll be a director's cut. I mean, three and a half hours. You could probably lose twenty or thirty minutes, as you, you know yourself.
0: Could. Oh my god! Yes, I mean, what what is the golden time yeah. limit? Twenty, thirty minutes. Yeah. We we often go over it, Nile. Yeah. Um. In the meantime, uh, we wanted to talk today about developments with Daniel Kinnahan, really, and I suppose the one of the big stories last week was the Criminal Assets Bureau have launched its Proceeds of Crime case. So they are taking a case against Jim Mansfield Jr. And respondents named in that case, and that means people that are involved some way within, there's a property at the centre of it, a house in Coldwater Lakes that the Criminal Assets Bureau are looking to take into the ownership of the, the state. Um, and the respondents have been named on it. it, would all have to do with the ownership of that property. The evidence will come as the case gets underway. But Thomas Barmer Havna Daniel Kinahan, Anne Mansfield, the widow of the late Jim Senior, the mother of Jim Junior, and her son PJ.
1: Now, those names together is quite extraordinary. Yeah, it's it, it, it is absolutely extraordinary. And um, Jim Mansfield Senior was became one of the most successful uh, property developers in the country. And um, he obviously he had spoken before about, you know, how he'd spent a bit of time for sort of minor crimes in prison at one stage back in, the, I think, in the 1980s, to do with selling uh, uh, stuff from the Iraq War, actually. Falklands, actually a, I think. Falklands yeah. War, sorry, apologies. So, he, you know, but he he rose to become a, a massive property developer. Um, he was, you know, a very well-known figure in, in the newspapers. He was... Uh, donor to Fina Fall, I think he did appear that there are dashes, you know, very much a part of, uh, you know, of that Celtic tiger society. And, um, you know, he'd obviously redeveloped a huge plot of land in City West. So that's, that's, that's what that was his background. They were, they were more likely to grace the social pages, the Mansfield family of the Sunday Indo than, uh. The Sunday World.
0: (laughs) Where they have found themselves in recent years.
1: Yes, but simultaneously, um, uh, you know, people like Daniel Kinnon started really appearing in the the front of the Sunday World. At the same time, the Mansfields were appearing in the, the social pages and diary pages of the Sunday Indo. But this last week, they both appeared in the front of the Sunday yeah. world um, in a in a case together, which is an extraordinary uh, uh, way for things to go.
0: And it's a measure, I think, of how those two worlds can operate parallel, but they can collide, the legitimate world and the not-so-legitimate world. And really that happening is the story of the Mansfield and the fall of the Mansfield empire.
1: Absolutely. And of course, um, even, even in his most recent court case, Jim Mansfield jr had made strong denials of any involvement in criminality and, and uh, uh, has previously done interviews denying any involvement in any money laundering or any of those types of uh, uh, crimes. Nonetheless, you know, uh, Jim Mansfield Jr. did end is currently in in, in prison, serving a prison sentence uh, for perverting the course of justice. Mm. And in the during that trial, y- you know, there was extensive details listed. Um you know, although he wasn't on trial for those offences. He was acquitted for
0: kidnap in, yes. in that trial. He well, was he was put on trial for the kidnap of his father's former head of security, Martin Byrne, who's now a state witness. And Already, a number of people have been um, put before the courts uh, for that same offence and have pleaded guilty, namely Desi O'Hare, Declan Wacker Duffy and five of
1: their cohorts. So al- although although he wasn't on trial for those offences, Jim Mansfield Jr., the trial heard extensive details about um, the involvement of paramilitaries, in, you know, some of the most notorious paramilitaries in the history, in Irish history, including the border fox, Desi O'Hare, their involvement with Jim Mansfield Jr. Um, uh, the court also heard details of a dispute that he had with a number of criminal gangs involving, uh, you know, who, 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 who they... The court was told they believed owed, he owed money to, mm. and the court also heard about an extensive uh, scheme to to um, to pay off these criminal gangs with, 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 with properties.
0: Mm. And really, I suppose, to get to where we got last week when you have the likes of Daniel Kinahan being named in the same breath as uh, the Mansfield family or members of them, we have to go back to when uh, senior emerges as you know a businessman he was born out in british in uh, south county dublin he was supposed to have bought his first truck with money he earned doing local labor work and he identified um, a machinery that was basically left over from the falklands which he went out and bought for very little and sold to both argentina and the uk i don't quite get that but that's the story that went on and he was supposed to have made up to 20 million on that kind of business you know taking that risk of doing that brought his money home and then in the 1980s decided and early 90s that the price of land in ireland was going up so he bought that vast tract of land out in city west and then he started to raise money Uh, from the banks, and he built City West Hotel, the conference centre. And I think there's about 300 houses out there or more, maybe.
1: Yeah, I think um, what you saw in in terms of gangland terms in some time in the late 80s and the early 90s, that people, uh, a lot of them associated with Jerry Hutch, they had been involved in criminality, involved in, in bank robberies and various other schemes, some of them involved in, in in selling counterfeit cigarettes. But then a number of them seem to have also moved into property in a kind of, um, in a funny way...
0: In um, around the same time. In or around the same time as, yeah.
1: as, as Mansfield was. So you had people like uh, Paddy Shanahan, known as The Builder, Um, You had other people. Noel Duggan, of course. Noel Duggan, and you had other people associated um, with Eamon Kelly, um, who who was eventually killed by the by the real IRA. So they they started investing in in property, and in a funny way, they were doing it to, to. hide the proceeds of crime, but eventually started making a huge amount of money from property. Because at the end of the day, in the property boom, there was more money to be made from selling properties Mm. than there was from any types of criminality. And in that time, you always heard about Jim Mansfield Sr. socializing with these guys, moving around with them, being friendly with them. You know, there was always...
0: Rumours abounded. Rumours apparently. abounded. Mm. And there was
1: no doubt that he 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 knew some of these people and was a contemporary of them. Um, so that's that that was maybe the beginning of the rumour, Mill, mm. surrounding Mansfield Sr.
0: And at the same time, while he was perhaps mingling in those circles, he was also able to uh you know move in circles with Fina Fall. He, when City West was up and running, the former Garda commissioner had a family wedding out in it. Um, you you know, you saw all sorts of hoi polloi out there and, and golfers and various other people. And he was able to seem to move between both worlds. And I know people now, I have to say, from shall we say, the underworld who knew him. And they said that Mansfield was always fair. You always, you know, he always honoured his word, basically. So if they did want to do something or purchase some properties or wash some money, um, that they always... He did what he said and he got back and he never upset or ruffled any feathers within that kind of world. And at the same time, he was able to do
1: the same with the legitimate corporate businesses. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's a famous... uh I suppose unconfirmed incident about him being at the feet of and settling bar bills worth thousands. So I think he was a personable person, um, you know, and he had the, the, you know, let's be realistic. Those the, the 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 world of politics and the world of criminality do intersect at times. I mean, there's no doubts. Not to go into them all now, but. In Ireland, or in many other countries, you know, money is 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 a is is a something that brings together all sorts of people. Certainly does. Now
0: Mansfield Senior and his wife Anne had uh, three boys: PJ, Jimmy Junior, and Tony. All of whom kind of took roles within the family business, and at one one of the many properties. Uh, developments that the Mansfields built out there in City West was one called Coldwater Lakes. I don't know whether you've ever been in it, but it is actually quite spectacular. And you wouldn't realise it's there from the road. It's in behind a kind of a, um, a, a an apartment complex. You go through these uh, electric gates and you come into what was a golf course, And there's still the golfing greens and then there's all these houses surrounding it. Now, some of them are in rows, you know, a a row and other of them stand alone. But each of them are absolutely magnificent. I mean, millions and millions. And they're standing in their own grounds. Most of them have security, etc. At one point, all of the Mansfields, bar Jim Senior, were living there. Anne Mansfield was living in number 10. Uh, Jimmy Junior was living in number nine. And his brother Tony and PJ, with their respective partners and families, were living down in a cul-de-sac. Um, and Mansfield Senior was living in the family home, the original family home, which is called Tissaggart House. And it's literally located opposite the entrance to Coldwater Lakes and beside City West Hotel. Um, and it was that was during the heyday. That was when the Mansfield boys were sending Rolls Royces into town to bring models out to various, you know, places where they were having parties. They were really very much the kind of the, the playboy princes of the Celtic Tiger era.
1: Yeah, they were very, um, you know, they were, they were, you know, famously in, in clubs in, in Dublin City Centre um, you know, very much uh, Jim Jr. in particular seen as a party, party boy you know, um, obviously he he famously dated Katie French at one stage, who was of her, of her era of that time, the, probably the most famous model in Ireland, I don't know. Mm. Um, so that, that was all, that association. But, you know, the other rumours about seniors' business continued throughout that time. It didn't stop in the 90s, even though he was worth hundreds mm. of millions, uh, if not more. He himself
0: at one point... And it must have been pre two thousand and seven. Estimated that he had one point five billion in wealth. Yeah. Between properties, you see, all those properties. When I say to you, there was three hundred of them out mm-hmm. around City West. Mm-hmm. Each one of them would have been valued around yeah. that time. Got so they now, were valued. That, yeah.
1: But again, like like all of the the, the 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 property developers in Ireland, almost without exception, um, you know, they they the money was flowing in through the banks, and they overextended themselves. So although there was all these assets um, they were all dependent on other properties maintaining that value um they they were you know they'd obviously borrowed huge amount of money to build houses worth say 100 million pounds worth of houses mm-hmm. but there was loans of you know there was massive loans on each of them to develop um, and then uh, like all the property developers really they were they were overextended mm-hmm. um there was you know multiple mortgages on each property, and when, uh, I mean, I think in the Celtic Tiger, at the height of the crash, property values, and again, it's hard to be corrected, but they lost something around 60 to 70% of their value at times. And so the notional value of being worth 1.5 billion uh, was effectively wiped out. Yeah, literally within a couple yeah, of years, it was wiped out. And... and instead, you're left with the debts, really. Mm. For you know, to these these properties couldn't be sold for what they were n- their notional value in, in in terms of the loans.
0: So before that happened, sort of before the Lehman Brothers collapse and you know the the um, the turnaround of of the economy, in the run up to that, there was one particular rumor that abounded a lot around the Mansfields, and it was when there was a, a private jet and it was due to leave Belgium and fly into Western Airport now. Mansfield Senior bought Weston Airport um, sometime in the in the mid 2000s. And, you know, it was seen as a bit of a vanity project for him. It was out there in that same area. Um, And this flight, anyway, this plane was due to fly into Weston. But instead, it was raided and there was a load of cocaine found on it.
1: Yes. So, I mean, Weston Airport, obviously, uh, I'm sure there's customs checks on planes coming in, but like let's be realistic, it's just not as uh, rigorous as planes coming into Dublin, where you have a huge amount of customs agents based full time. Obviously, on this occasion, um, there was uh, a very there was a very big operation in Belgium actually, mm. where they had monitored a series of, co- of conversations between a, a Belgian drug dealing gang and an Irish uh, sportsperson, a boxer. Um, so there had been a, a long undercover investigation, where there was secret recordings are made uh, by the Belgian police that eventually were detailed in the court case, where um, uh, the boxer John Kinsella, uh, he was a he he'd been a very successful boxer in in, in Ireland, um, but he was heard having conversations with these Belgian drug dealers about a. A big, um, He was an aviation broker at the time. Mm. John Kinsley, he was a registered director of a number of companies uh, involved in the aviation business. But he eventually would serve a long prison sentence for this heroin deal. Mm. And he was heard discussing uh, the old man during these conversations with, with the Belgian drug dealer. Um, and he was obviously flying. Then he was flying this shipment of, of heroin in a, a private plane landing in a western airport and that was then going to be distributed around around Ireland primarily mm.
0: Now, of course, when it happened, the Mansfields came out very quickly and said they had nothing to do with it. Absolutely, the the plane had been hired. They had nothing to do with who had hired the plane, and they had no knowledge of any drugs ever coming into Weston Airport. And really, they didn't, and there was no evidence to say they did.
1: No, they never became any part of any criminal probe. Um, Jim Mansfield Sr., I think he addressed it in interviews, but addressed it directly and said he had nothing to do with him however it's still added to the the general rumor mill around uh, mansfield senior and his is is his, his, his his wealth, really, his I mean, wealth and the his connections. Of his wealth
0: was really the, the and his connections, indeed. Um, in two thousand and seven, I think in the December of two thousand and seven, Katie French died. Um, she had spent the night collecting a cocaine deal and taking cocaine in a house in Kilmesson in County Meath. She was linked to Jim Junior at the time; was was in a relationship with him. Although when he was questioned by police, he said that it wasn't really much of a relationship that they had maybe seen one another once or twice. I think there was a differing uh, opinion on that. Her friend certainly felt it was a serious relationship they were in nonetheless. Again, the Mansfield had Mansfields had nothing to do with that. There was no connections between them and this cocaine deal. But I think it further, um, you know, pushed these sort of rumors and speculation that were they involved somewhat in criminality and nonetheless, there was no evidence there.
1: No, and I mean, obviously, <clears throat> at that point as well, Lee Cullen, the name Lee Cullen was being circulated uh, in connection with Katie French, because if I remember correctly, he'd he was providing her with transport, mm-hmm. and Lee Cullen was would ultimately is currently spending serving a massive sentence in the UK for mm. for uh, weapons offences yeah. connected with the the, the Thomas Bomber Cavanaugh's criminal outfit.
0: And Cullen, yeah, he had been in the in in the Mansfield circle. He had been friendly with with Jim
1: Junior, and I suppose it was just more sort of There was more color around it. Yeah. But certainly, there was never any uh, the the Jim Mansfield Junior was never in, investigated or suspected of anything like that. But there was this association and these people circulating, which was unusual. Mm. I mean, Lee Cullen was a was a was a proper criminal figure at that point. Um, and his his subsequent activities show how how serious he was but he was also uh, uh, associating with these people you Mm. know Connected with them
0: So in 2011 the Mansfield the the effects of the Lehman Brothers collapse and the the global recession um, hit Mansfield and his loans went bad, essentially, and a receiver was appointed. I think 80,000 went into NAMA and the other 220 or 80 million, sorry, thousand did I say, million, excuse me, a couple of extra zeros on that. 80 million went into NAMA and the other 220 or 280 million was, you know, a bad debt to the Bank of Scotland. So receivers were appointed. Um, And at the time and over subsequent years, we have been told that Mansfield was constantly running, Mansfield Senior was constantly running um, investments for members of the criminal underworld and some paramilitaries. And at the time that the business went into receivership, a lot of those dirty money debts went in to the receivership along with the legitimate money debt. So in other words, a few people had money invested, but they hadn't had properties transferred in their names or whatever at the time. And everything washed out of the control of Mansfield. And what happened in the years after that, a lot of it played out in the trial of Jim Mansfield Jr. on those kidnap and uh, perverting the course of justice charges were that the father and son were desperate to try and claw back some of the assets for the family. And they were desperate to try and raise funds to pay off some of these criminals and some of these gangs that were coming looking
1: for their money. Yeah, I mean, everybody came looking for money off of Mansfield Senior. Uh, the banks came looking for money primarily, but that's a different thing than having, you know, some of the underworld figures looking for their money. The, the banks will take what they can take and nothing more. But these other people, you know, obviously weren't willing to, to you know, you don't get to default and, and get your right down on your debt from the criminal gangs, and that's the reality of what happened. There was no money to give them. There was no properties to give them. The banks write that down, say, we'll take 5% and you know wipe out your debt. But these other guys weren't going to. Mm-hmm. And so that became the source of the problem. And then they, it according to the evidence given in the trial, uh, Mansfield Jr., uh, what did, what's the old, swallowed a spider to catch a fly. Was that it? Yeah, no, that's, that's actually very apt. So so, in, so, rather than, because he couldn't pay up, he brought in other uh, paramilitary figures.
0: Such a wise phrase
1: for you to come out but with. If my, I'm mother, my mother used to say that to me. <laughs> uh.
0: That's a great one. No, that's exactly what happened because, you know, the evidence was obviously that, you know, as Mansfield Senior was dying, which started to he started to get seriously ill around 2013, the end of 2012, 2013. Mansfield Jr. was kind of the one that was left with the problem and he was bringing in all these various other paramilitaries paramilita- mil- to try and protect his family, to try and protect himself. But also, he was at the same time trying to come up with ways of raising funds so he could pay them off. And in the middle of all this, of course, and what emerged last week in the CAB case was that amongst the many people with their hand out looking for money were the Kinneans, which would have been very powerful organisation at that point in
1: 2014. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the paramilitaries would have seen off a lot of the lesser criminal outfits. But, uh, you know, as time will show, the, 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 the Kinan Organised Crime Group had no fear of of the IRA, the INLA or anybody else. Um, so... Obviously, what becomes this court case last week, which is, you know, probably why it's so such a big deal is to see, you know, Daniel Cunningham's name, you know, listed for the first time. In it, Obviously, he had been mentioned, and it gets repeated again and again, that he'd been described in a court case, a high court case involving Liam Byrne as... You know, his as as the head of the the Kinnan organized crime group, but never none of his assets, um, or his alleged assets, had become a part of any case before until last week, which seems to be. And obviously, the details haven't been fully laid out. But it seems that the, the case is going to be about who is the real owner of this property. And mm. um, obviously, the 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 Mansfields are the the Jim Mansfield Junior is going to be the say this is my home, I own it. But the the state we believe are going to say no, the beneficial owner, the real owner of some of the of some of this these properties are Daniel Kennon and Thomas Bomber Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. The absolute uh, the two people at the very pinnacle of, of of an organized criminality in this in this country.
0: Mm. Because, of course, the actual property is the aforementioned number 10, which was where Anne Mansfield was living, the um, the widow of, of Jim Mansfield Sr. and the mother of Jimmy Mansfield Jr. And what we understand is that sometime around 2013, she was moved out of the house and she was moved into to, Sagart, where her, her now late husband was was living and probably, you know, in bad health at that point. Um, But she vacated her home and it's a very uh, nice house. We had photographs of it on the front page of the paper this weekend. It's an absolutely beautiful, big mansion, uh, sort of dark red brick and, um, you know, five bedrooms, luxury, everything, absolutely everything you can imagine in it and done with it. Um, And at that point... Gardy started to collate a number of members, senior members of the Kinnahan organisation around that property. Um, they certainly, at one point, I remember, collate, they collated Christopher Kinnahan, Jr. And he seemed to have been organising a new security fit out on the house. Um, so the house was under surveillance and, and the comings and goings of it was under surveillance. When the Criminal Assets Bureau staged their first series of raids on Mansfield Link's properties, in January of 2015, they uh, searched the house and they found Matthew Macklin, the boxer, was was staying there. And he, of course, was a very good friend of Daniel Kinahan's. And together they had founded MGM Gym in Marbella, which would later become MTK. Um, so that was the first time they really saw a link, and I think they, they took documents, etc. But as the years have gone on, the investigation has continued. The Criminal Assets Bureau went back for a second raid in 2019, at which point they discovered that Anthony Fitzpatrick. Uh, a a manager with MTK and also somebody who had been long associated with the Kinnahan organization had been arrested during Operation Shovel in 2010, that he was living there and that he appeared to have been working remotely for MTK Dubai uh, from the house. So the culmination of it is this proceeds of crime case has been launched. And as the months go on, we'll hear the details coming through the High Court but it was an extraordinary um, uh, development, really, in in the ongoing, overall, overarching investigations into Mansfield and into the Kinnahans.
1: Yeah, like I mean, it was uh, ironic that it came out simultaneous to to Daniel, the clip of Daniel denying he's a bad guy, you know, with James English denying his denying that he he is a, a criminal figure. I suppose essentially. Um, in that same week, you have the first case where, you know, some of his his assets are going to come under question from from the state. Obviously, they're, they're, that house is, you know, there's, you know, that's that's yet to be proven, and you know, but it it does seem that people who are known to Daniel, both criminal people, but also people like Matthew Macklin, who who have no involvement in criminality, but were you know close personal personal friends with Daniel had, had been seen in that property. So this is going to be, um, it's going to be a landmark case in that ca- in that sense, because really, although, you know, we're talking 25 years of, at the height of organized crime, no assets that Daniel has ever owned, you know, all the people that are associated with him have had watches, cars, then up, further up property, cash, sees. But I don't think, and I. Stand to be corrected. But I'm pretty sure the state has never attempted to seize anything personally or never successfully seized anything personally from Daniel Kinnan.
0: No, and it's the optics of it more really than the value of that property, because obviously when you're a billionaire, you don't really give two hoots about a, a property in Saggart and Dublin. But the evidence that the, the the brief hearing that was held in Cork Courthouse um in front of Judge Michael McGrath, I thought it was interesting because Shelley Horan, the the barrister for the Criminal Assets Bureau, said that, you know, they obviously need to serve documents on all these respondents. They tried to serve Jimmy Jr. in Portleash Prison and he told them to go see his lawyer. So nothing much has changed there, you know, and... um, they went to serve the mother, Anne, and the brother, PJ, and both of them, again, told them to go and speak with their lawyers. The lawyers abroad, um, according to the evidence heard in the court. Um, but Shelley Horan said that they will be liaising with the UK counterparts. The guardie will be liaising with their UK counterparts in order to serve Bomber Kavanagh, who's behind bars in Norwich. And due for sentencing at the end of this month, but they are going to have to contact the UAE authorities in order to serve Daniel Kinahan. And given all that we said last week about, you know, how he's trying to sort of, you know, salvage his reputation out there
1: and be seen as a legitimate businessman, that can't be good. No, it's not good. And and um, you know, this is the the the. You know, it's a funny thing actually that that you know, in a in the broader picture some of the movement of assets to dubai has now come under a uh, a bigger microscope because of the ukraine situation and the 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 existence of you know you had a big report in one of the, the the big american newspapers over the weekend about how american officials are now looking at dubai and seeing if the oligarch the russian oligarchs money is there So that's not a good look for the the UAE, and they are going to start coming under pressure for this movement of money into the country and the unregulation of it. And Daniel, it's not a good look for him Mm. to be mixed into all of that. So but you know how they're going to serve uh, uh, that would be an interesting an interesting story how they would well, or apparently
0: wouldn't. they're looking for his address at the moment yeah. so aren't we all yeah, 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 yeah. um anyway St Patrick's Day will not be the same without mm-hmm. the James English no. interview and uh, you know we'll we'll await for a, all of that to untangle yeah it's, it's it's a, it's a, it's,
1: a, it's, a, it's a, in a way it's it's it it, it would be inter- it would be interesting to hear what he say let's be and it's going to be more it would be more interesting for sundayworld.com <laughs> than uh, you know teenagers at the, the, the St. Paddy's Day Parade, but we'll make do. We will. Thanks a million, Nile.
0: You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. If you like the podcast and love true crime, why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.